Welcome to another episode of the Off the X podcast, where we talk about overseas security operations and how the U.S. government protects their employees while working overseas, oftentimes in high threat locations. In particular, we discuss a diplomatic security service and all of those who support the mission. I am your host, Cody, and in this podcast, we talk with Matt Rawls. Matt is a former Force Reconnaissance Marine and former Triple Canopy contractor who spent some time in Israel, Basra, Talil, those are both in Iraq, by the way, and Baghdad, where I met him, and he was a member of Spartan 2-6. If you read my book, Agents Unknown, True Stories of Life as a Special Agent in the Diplomatic Security Service, you'll note that I talk about Matt in Chapter 4, Spartan 2-6, uh, and my initial encounter with Matt and, uh, you know, kind of what we went through during our time serving in Baghdad together. So listen up, listen to Matt, a.k.a. Sleepy, by the way. He's going to refer to Sleepy and the birth of Sleepy. And, uh, yeah, Matt's a good dude. So listen up, listen in, and I'll catch you on the backside. Thanks, y'all. Tell us, man. Matt Rawls, welcome. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background, man. You uh, start out in the Marine Corps. Yeah, I was uh, I was with Second and Fourth Recon uh, from '96 to 2004. I was there at the invasion of Iraq in 2003, and then I got out, worked for the fire department for a little while in Houston, and said, you know, you guys don't pay shit, so I'm out, <laughs> and uh, got on with Triple Canopy uh, back in '06. So I'm I'm one of the OGs that uh, came on to uh, TC, it was, it was relatively new. Uh, us and Blackwater were doing it. And, uh, you know, if you go to the headquarters office there at Triple Canopy, I'm on the wall <laughs> in training. <laughs> so, yeah. So you guys were doing it at the same time as Blackwater? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, Blackwater was on the ground pretty quick back in what, probably the end of 03 or 04. Of the beginning of 04, you know, they were there already doing their thing. Probably before that, who knows? I mean, you know, Tommy Prince, he was a good dude, and he had, uh, you know, he, he took care of his guys, and he had them on the ground pretty quick. But anyway, uh, yeah. What year did you hit the ground with Triple Canopy? I actually, so in 2006, I, I, I went to Israel first which uh, was the birth of Sleepy. Um, that was probably the wrong place to send Matt Rawls <laughs> on his for, first uh, duty station. So, okay, so how Matt Rawls became Sleepy was uh, first night there, we're going to do like recon Marines do and get down. And we went out and... Uh, you know, of course, you're on United States time and you're staying up and uh, nothing ever closes there in, in Jerusalem. So and uh, there's pretty women all around and uh, just drinks to be had and a good time. <clears throat> and lo and behold, Matt Rawls does not wake up for his first meeting briefing, which is awesome. Of course, you know, the panicked wake up that you have when you know that you're late or you have missed something. 
I immediately woke up and ran down. It's the console is down the hill, so I ran down the hill. Nah, you're too late, bro. You're too late. You ain't getting in here. <laughs> and so uh, my team leader gives me a call, and come to find out, he is a recon marine, which looks even worse. He goes, "Oh, so what unit you were?" I was with, uh, you know, second recon and fourth. Re he goes, "You were recon," and it was a dead stop. <laughs> And I said, yeah, and he goes, God, and he just kind of shook his head and, you know, and so the next day we had a movement. We had a, luckily it wasn't a movement. Luckily I didn't miss a mission, but I came into the, uh, to the brief room, you know, how we brief before a mission and, uh, the, the assignments were up there and, you know, who's riding what. And, uh, there it is sleepy up on the board <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's like, day, huh? Yeah, everybody's like, well, who's sleepy? And everybody just, you know, he looks at me and he goes, that guy. <laughs> and so what I was, was this, uh, in, in Jerusalem? Or? Yeah, it in, yeah, okay. yeah, it was in Jerusalem. And, uh, you know, luckily I turned the page and, and proved myself, you know, everybody has a bad day. Uh, that's that's always been me, though. I, I, You know, when it's time to have fun, I'm going to have fun, you know. But I have learned, I, I, I'm older now and I don't do it as much, hardly at all, but I've learned to, you know, get the hell up in the morning. But What uh, kind of missions anyway. were you doing in Jerusalem? Where were you guys going? And uh, mostly to the West Bank, uh, West Bank every day. And then we'd go out to, uh, we'd go out to Bethlehem and uh, different Different regions. Never, I think we might have went into Gaza maybe once, once or twice. And you talk about creepy. <laughs> yeah, why so? You talk about creepy. Like, well, usually, like in the West Bank, people are moving around, you know. <clears throat> and you know as well as I do that when people stop moving, something's about to happen. So, anytime we went into to Gaza, it, the streets were clean. Like nobody was out in the middle of the day after it didn't matter what time we were, we were there. It, it all movement stopped. And so, uh, it was always kind of creepy because you didn't know what was going to happen. Uh, a lot of high walls, a lot of high buildings there, you know, easy to, you know, choke you down if, if they wanted to. So, um, but like I said, we only went there a couple of times and man, we, we'd go on these runs, like, we do an advance with two guys in an advance car, me and another guy, me and, uh, actually me and Will Badberg. I don't, I don't know if you ever met him. I don't think he was ever at Baghdad, but, uh, we made a road trip. <laughs> we made a road trip and, you know, a little land cruiser all the way out to, uh, I can't remember the name of this town, but it was way out, uh, way out East, close to the Syrian border. Anyway, you know, and guys are saying, man, I wouldn't go out there by myself. I was like, what? You know, if, if you don't act like nothing's going on, then ain't nobody going to ask if anything's going on. So we just rolled out there like four in the morning and did a little advance and, you know, everything was fine. So uh, that's basically it. Just little trips to West Bank. Nothing major. Yeah, right on. What's after Israel? Israel, uh... Let me think. Went to Basra, it looks like, yeah. Yeah, I went to Basra, uh, which was a trip. 
you know, here I am going back into the same place that I left. That was chaos when I left. So we get into browser, man. And uh, the flight in, we're on a, I think we're on a 53. They flew us in on a 53, I think. Sea Stallion. Anyway, you got three gunners in there. You know, one port starboard and rear. Uh, and a bunch of dudes we packed in there. It's middle of the damn night. Pods flying low, sweeping through, man. Like a Viet scene in Vietnam. And uh, we started taking shots. You know, hearing the plink, 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 plink. Well, you know, these cats rack them and start letting off rounds. Well, all of a sudden they stop, but we're still taking rounds. <laughs> well, one of the door gunners, the starboard door, door gunner, his gun went down and he's, he's trying to clear it. The rear gun went down. He's trying to clear it. <laughs> so we had like one gun up and uh, guys are getting up out of their seats, helping them change barrels and stuff. Uh, so that was like the first night going into Basra. And then as soon as we land, mortars and rockets. If you know anything about Basra and that duty station, you know it was the uh, most rocketed and mortared uh, station in Iraq. I mean, it was it was at least five to six times a day. <clears throat> and they had us pegged, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, at least twice in the middle of the night. So... Who was flying that aircraft to get you guys in there? Oh, psh, I could not tell you. Couldn't it wasn't mill aircraft, though? No, yeah, it was. It was Navy. Oh, okay. Right on. Yeah, it was Navy that got us in there. So that was before State Department had their own yeah. kind of air wing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right on. How about uh, some missions in Basra? What you go through there? Actually, we they, we had, at that time, uh, they had already stopped missions in Basra because they had gotten so bad. Uh, I think they had one team, the last team that went out, they got hit. And, um, and so they ceased for a while. I guess the, the, the Brits were having some problems in Basra, you know, containing and, uh, and keeping things secure. So they just ceased and desist. So we just stayed, uh, it was crazy. We just stayed there on, on the, on the station, you know, waiting like a bunch of uh, pararescue men waiting for a mission and, you know, nothing would ever happen. Hell, you couldn't even, you could barely even get out and gear up because we were being mortared so much all the time. So they just shut down everything? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Were they at full staff, do you know, at the time, the embassy, the consulate? Uh, No, I don't think so. I think they were too scared to put anybody in there. I mean, we had an RSO and that was, that's pretty much it. And by the end of it, um, my last couple of months there, for instance, the, I guess he's called the, the Southern, Southern command of Iraq general. He came in. Now this is crazy. He came in, had a meet left, <clears throat> The building that we were at, the, the 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 FOB, not five minutes later, after he exited the premises, came a rocket right through the front door. So, I mean, I don't know if they were trying to hit him or, you know, he was helping them out, you know, pacing it off. But we thought, huh. At, you know, by the end of it, too, you got so good at, at distancing mortars and rockets, like, 
you could stand there for a while and go, oh, yeah, that's about, that's a good 15 meters off. Or we better get back inside this door. <laughs> you know, it was that, it was that, you know, over and over all the time. So you guys just sat there and waited. I mean, yeah. If, did you provide static security where did you guys set up a QRF yeah. or anything? No, we set, we set up our, you know, a regular QRF and we had a, a static positions, but you know, that was about it. And those guys in static positions, uh, the, the Peruvians, man, you know, they were some hard, hard dudes because those guys were taking rockets direct all the, all the time, you know, and it just got to a point was like, you know, you didn't want to put anybody up there, but you had, you know, you had to. And then at the end, I heard it was like the Alamo. Some of the guys that were, were there when, when they actually started moving out and uh, actually physically moving all of our stuff out of there. They said it was like the Alamo. I mean, they were, they were shooting, driving away from what I understand. And this is 2007 timeframe, yeah? Mm, yeah, I think so. And I was in, I had moved on to, to uh, Talil by then. How was Talil? Oh man, Talil was a good time. <laughs> yeah. Talil was a good time. Yeah, I was the uh, I was the sole entertainment and master chef. Uh, we had taken an old Russian five ton uh, front end. Uh, actually, Bonehead, he uh, that's that's one of the operators. One of my good friends, also a recon marine, he found this this front end Russian five ton. We made some drug deals for some welders. Welded this thing up and made a made a big pit, <clears throat> and so, uh, and then my uh, my right hand Cuba, he was uh, also a you know the negotiator that he is and got us some steaks, you know how he does, <laughs> so he got the steaks and I, I I cooked them all. So you knew Cuba since back then, huh? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Me and Cuba go way way back, yeah. Yeah, so so Bones got this front end, and, and we worked on it, sanded it down, painted it, uh, made it legit, made a grill out of it, and we'd throw these, you know, these big, uh, we will call them uh, team building exercises <laughs> there at the at the fob, and I'd get all the steaks, and you know, for all the guys, once everybody had eaten, I'd of course break out the guitar, and then you know. It was it was all night, but it was a really really good time, man. That that in that time frame, I think that that group, all the teams there, we were we were the tightest during that time frame because we were, were all guys, in one spot. Were you guys doing movements out of Talil? Yeah, we're move, moving into Anasaria. I think they tried a few times to go into uh, not Anasaria. They tried to go into Anasaria, but couldn't get there, and then the. Uh, the the other spot was oh god, I forget the name. It's been so many years. Anyway, it's to the to the west of Nasiria. Nasiria was was just trouble, so we never went in there. Um, it seemed like that happened a lot. Anywhere there was trouble, we didn't. We, you know, we try not to put the whoever we're, we're watching protecting in, in any danger. So. Uh, Semi Semaya, Semaraya, something like that. Anyway, we ran missions pretty well uh, over there with really no issues, man. Uh, High pro subs. 
Yeah, yeah, and it was uh, the most dangerous thing was probably the roads. <laughs> I don't know if you ever traveled those highways out there. They're like, I tried to explain to people, it's like putting your wheels in two ditches, you know, uh, with with no no type of uh, different elevations. You know, it's pretty it's pretty dangerous on the roads. But that's also where Sleepy became a legend as a as a follow driver. Um, because I'm from Houston and I, I know how to drive uh, very aggressively, uh, there was really no change for me. My team leader, uh, team leader at the time was Scash, and I was always scared the crap out of him because, you know, I'd pass somebody and he'd look at me. He'd look, you know, he'd be over here. He'd be over here in the passenger seat. <clears throat> and I'm all Dale Earnhardt Jr. driving. And I'd, I'd peek around the corner and I'd, I'd gun it. And he would just look, and he'd look at me. He wouldn't say anything. He'd just look at me, and he'd look at me. I'd say, we got it. We got it. <laughs> and, I'd, and I'd always clear by the nigga time, but he's like, I don't know why you do that. I don't know why you do that. I was like, just driving, man. Just driving. Well, you guys running three-car motorcades, four-car? Uh, three, yeah, usually four. Um you know, you, your main three and then your, your rack force in the back. Yeah. Or cat, whatever you call it. Advances, everything, full load. Yeah. 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 Same as yeah, right on. back then. You know who the RSO was back then? I cannot remember. Uh-uh. I know a couple dudes that served down there. It wasn't around your time. It was later. Uh, but they both had, they both really liked it. They enjoyed being down in Toledo. Yeah, away man. From the flagpole. Right, yeah. No, it's uh we were kinda away from everybody and you know there was plenty of space to train and you know uh we just kinda stuck in our own little area. But yeah, it was good. Right on. You went back to Israel for a year? Yeah. Went back to Israel. Uh you know, doing the same thing. Um, I actually played a show there in Israel, which was pretty cool. Um, yeah? There was a local bar that we, we all hung out at. Um, and it was owned by a, a big a big Jewish guy w- with dreads. And uh, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty cool, man. Like, all the bars there are built. Well, everything. Shops, bars, they're all built out the side of a mountain. They just dig them out, you know, and they put, you know, it's it's all modern looking, but the insides of them are usually just dug outside of a, you know, hill or whatever. And anyway, yeah, yeah, well, I played there one time, and um, I needed a lead guitarist, so I went to the music shops there in Jerusalem and, you know, see if I could find some, you know, some cat that could hang, you know, and uh, went to this one shop. There was a, 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 a what do you call them? The, the Jewish guys that have the curls. Oh, if you, if I wouldn't have, I, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it starts with an S. Anyway, I'm sure guys that are on here, like you idiot. <laughs> to figure anyway, it out. Hey, yeah. Anyway, the guy, you know, he owned a music shop and I said, Hey man, can you play? And you know, he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, broken English. And I said, what can you play? And I, I was playing some of, some of my stuff bluesy and this cat ripped it, man. 
I was like, yeah, you coming with me. <laughs> he goes, but I got, I got, you know, church or prayer. And I was like, I'm gonna pay you. He's like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he came in. We had a good time. It was really cool. Money talks around the world, man. That sure does. Yeah. Sure does. That's good shit. I, you know, how many triple canopy guys get the opportunity to go to Israel? I mean, those contracts can't, they're not that big, right? No, the, not a lot, man. <clears throat> and, th- and that contract seemed to be changing all the time, changing hands. Yeah, because uh, I think DynCorp was out there at one point. DynCorp had it, then we had it. Then somebody else had it, then we had it again. And then, you know, I don't know who has it now, but it's it's still there. But you have to be... I guess you have to be pretty squeaky clean to get in there because um, you need a diplomatic passport. But uh, I think it's just luck of the draw, honestly. I don't know why they sent me over there. <laughs> I mean, uh, I guess it's it's usually guys that are older and have families, you know, who aren't going to make any trouble, which I never cause any trouble, you know. And, and uh, for you guys in Israel, do do they allow the TC guys to bring family? Yeah, yeah. Is it more, so it's more traditional than uh, yeah, yeah. living? Some, yeah, some guys brought their families over. Um, I don't know if anybody ever actually lived there uh, with their wives and kids. Um, but I know that, you know, everybody always brought their wives or girlfriends over. So, that, yeah, it's a good it's a good duty, man. And not to mention all the, all the, uh, so we lived in Jay Heights, which is, uh, which was a really nice penthouse. And it was across from, uh, all the, uh, all the, uh, the, the, the religious sites, you know, where everybody comes to see like the Dome of the Rock and Wailing Wall and all that stuff. <clears throat> and, um, so we lived like right across from there. And, and then you had the old city in Bethlehem right down the road. And that was, you know, I'm not religious by any means, but uh, it was humbling. It was humbling to go there and see all that and, and and fortunate to be there to go see it, you know. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, I bet. I've never been. I had an opportunity recently to go uh, with my current job. And my son ended up being... Uh, well, he was getting baptized during the time that uh, the, the trip was going on. And I'm not crazy religious either. We just did it just because, uh, well, my wife's family kind of is. She's not what a wife family is. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I really want to get out there. I hear great things about Israel from every level, whether it be yeah. you want to go out and party, you want to go out there with your family. Yeah. Uh, the work is good for DSA. And it sounds like for TC guys, it's good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, – uh, <clears throat> And you know some of the some of the bit well the big assignments are in Tel Aviv, um, but that that may have changed because I guess they were they were trying to make Jerusalem the capital or something. It is now, but well, well, yeah, the the, the embassy's in Jerusalem now. They switched right. it. Yeah, yeah. So the big assignments are probably there now. They they were in Tel Aviv though, and you talk about party <laughs> Tel Aviv is yeah yeah te- Tel Aviv's kind of the there. Right there. Yeah, and it's also kind of their economic center as well, right? Like all yeah. the businesses, big businesses, modern industry, right. things like that. Right. Well, you know, oil, oil is becoming a big business there. 
they're doing a lot of drilling and, 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 you know, of course those, you know, corporate offices are there in Tel Aviv right next to the coast. So yeah, no, yeah, it, that it definitely sounds like is. a nice place to go to check it out. All right, man. Baghdad. When did you Baghdad. arrive in Baghdad? Were you there? You were there when I got there already. I mean, I went in 2010 yeah. uh, and I didn't know you back in 2010. I was only there for three months. And yeah. then 2011 is when we met. Yeah, I was there. Um, I had arrived and how did I arrive? I can't even remember, dude. I got there and, and Cuba found me and, and said, you're on my team. I said, all right, you know, <laughs> of course. Right. And, uh, that was good times. So I arrived there and Cuba automatically, you know, picks me up <clears throat> trying to get my bearings and everything. And, uh, hear what, what big, bad Baghdad is all about. And, uh, <clears throat> You know, I was amazed by the chow hall. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, Jesus Christ, y'all eat like this every day? He's like, yeah. I mean, that's some of the best eating. Well, because that the head chef was from from New Orleans, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anybody knows food, right? So, <clears throat> yeah that that was uh, that was uh, that was a really really tight knit team. You know, from loud, obnoxious Matos. Matos woke everybody up in the morning. Uh, we're just talking. We're just talking about his daily activities. You know, uh, you know, David. That was my my roomie, my right hand man, my ace. We had many uh, high level uh, high level conversations about about life in general. And I bet. Well, and what, and what team member brought what to the table? <laughs> Actually, how me and Dave met, or how me and Dave, because you know I, I'm a songwriter, so I'm always throwing out little little jewels uh, of of wordsmith. And uh, I, we're standing there at I can't remember where Ministry of somewhere, Ministry of Ministry of Finance maybe or something like that. Anyway, the little birds are flying around, and and we're there. And I'm just standing there looking like Sleepy does. <laughs> and D-Rod I describe says, it uh, in my book very right, clearly right, right. how Sleepy stands there and yeah, scans and, and the I, area. And I look like that all the time. I don't. I, and me, I'm just thinking. You know, I'm just thinking. But that's what that's what has been instilled in us as operators that you know be thinking when it goes down. You know, what are you going to do? What's your plan? Um, same thing with being punched in the mouth, you know? So anyway, we're standing there and Dave goes, Dave, Dave says something to me. I can't even remember what he says, sleepy, blah, 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 blah. And I said, well, you can't play the cards until they're dealt. And that was like the most, that was the most awe-inspiring thing. He was like, did you just make that up? I was like, yeah, I guess I did. He goes, oh my God, you know how he gets. Oh, he's gonna he's gonna run with that. Yeah, well, that is like the most profound thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> I was like, just stick around, I got more. Anyway, did you know any of the other guys uh, before you got there, or was it just Cuba? 
Nope, just Cuba, just Cuba. You know, that that's what I do, Cody. Is I win hearts and minds. You know, yeah, yeah, it's clear. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, me, me and me and Dave became roommates after that. I think we got forced out of somewhere. We had to move for some reason. I can't remember why, but so anyway. Were you on men camp when you got there, or were you guys already moved over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. I was. Yeah, yeah. That's that was the reason we moved. Had to move out of man camp and then move over to the to the next or to uh, was it Liberty across the street? Yeah, yeah, the ghetto. Yeah, yeah. So we moved over there. <clears throat> yeah, man, we just we all we all bonded, you know. Yeah, the team had a good uh, good energy. Seemed like it seemed like you guys. Now I'm I'm the outsider, right? I was a direct hiring, and you guys yeah. see you guys see dudes like us come come and go all the time. Yeah, and so you feel it as a DS agent. You feel it. You feel you're the outsider. I tried my best to uh, you know get involved with you guys and get to know everyone. And I think I did. You know. Yeah, I, th- I think we I think we did a good job of including you know you all the time and trying to make you as one of our, I mean, <clears throat> you were always our, our, our favorite artist. So, you know, especially being from Louisiana, you know, we were going to let you, you know, we we're going to let them, nothing happen to you, especially us from Texas. So, uh, <clears throat> but you had, you always had more personality than any art. So we ever had, <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think they try to – a lot of them well, – I can't talk for all of them, but some of them come in, they try to be the boss immediately or yeah. they try to – or they just don't care. And I had had – and it wasn't a lot of experience, but I had, you know, three months in 2010, which, you know, I had what, I don't know, uh, 60, 70, 80 runs if you're running just about every day. And so I, I kind of knew the makeup and, and what I wanted to do when I went back. I had a plan. And well, the plan was to – be involved with the team and not micromanage the team, but like get involved and ask Kuba. Well, my first communication with Kuba is like, Hey, how can I get involved? And and I knew my role and responsibility is, you know, I do, I had to contact the packs, right. I had to brief the packs. Uh, I had uh, oversight out like routes. I didn't know fucking routes. I was, I just didn't, you know, but eventually I started making calls because I didn't know routes and you guys had planned and, Kuba would say, what you think? Should we get birds and everything? And, or will you approve birds? And, and I can only approve so much, but I have to go fight right. that battle up above. Yeah. Um, yeah. anyway, I, I, you know, I, and I also wanted to give top cover, you know, I, 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 I cared about the dude. We had a good fucking team, man. Yeah, we did. You know, yeah. The guys you mentioned, you got Coons, you got Grant, you got, uh, oh, of course, Doc. Can't forget Doc. Right. For sure. Um, and then Kubo is just great, man. You're talking, I, uh, about, Doc, you're talking about Sean, uh, Sean. Sean. Yeah, yeah. Optimus Prime. Always do the right Opti- thing. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Wait, me and Dave gave him that name because, okay, so you're supposed to have a ground guy backing up. We were backing up maybe three inches. Maybe. <clears throat> and so we're backing up. I'm, I'm driving. And Sean goes, well, wait, 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 wait a minute, guys. Wait a minute. Hold on. We need. We should have a ground guide. We should have one back there. We're like Optimus fucking Prime, man. Like we're going three feet, man. Anyway, we said, okay, fine. Get out. Get out, Sean. Dude, <laughs> he was like, always. He was always the most. Yeah. <laughs> he was always the most polite. He'd come always. in like 
hey, Cody, can I help you carry these? Remember when we went to Green, uh, green Radios because yeah. the new ECMs, we couldn't talk on uh, on the Motorola's. Yeah. And uh, Doc just, I never asked him to. I'd walk out. He'd see me walking out with, you know, yep. six green radios or whatever. Yeah. And uh, let me help you out. And he wasn't kissing ass. He's just a, just a good dude. No. Just a nice fucking dude. Yeah. And uh, and he's funny, though. Yeah. He's one also pretty nicest, funny. Yeah. One of the nicest, highly intelligent, you know, very switched on dude. You know, a, 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 he's a ranger. So, you know, rangers are good people. But, yeah, he's. And 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 Jack, dude, that dude had traps. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah, he'd have made a hell of a tight end. But anyway, uh, yeah, just a good dude. Yeah, he. Uh, you know, one of the a lot of the DSAs that go out there, they don't require military experience. So, you know, they'll get in there with you guys and all every single one of you have it required. I, I mean, there may be a waiver if you have like what, 20 years law enforcement or something like that. There's a couple guys that just had law enforcement, but I was fortunate. I had the Marine Corps background, the infantry yeah. background. And, and uh, so we bonded on that level too, because we knew how to communicate. Yeah. And you know, you know, you know how to, you know how to lead, you know how to follow. Yep. <clears throat> and that's a, that's a big, big part of it. Like, like our, if you see a team that's, that's, it's a well-oiled machine and it's, it's rolling. Why are you going to go in there and throw a wrench in it? You know, let it do what it does. Ask how you can improve it, you know? And that's what's exactly what you did. You came in there and said, Hey, what, what can I do? You know, or, or do I do nothing and, and sit back? It's good that you gave the option where some guys would come in and go, Hey, listen, we're going to do this and that. And the other thing. Yeah, well, you can't do that. Can't, you can't do that. It won't one because it won't work, and two, it won't go well. It won't go over well with the guys. No, no. we don't know shit when we get in the country. Well, you guys have been there four, five, six, yeah. sometimes ten years. Yeah. Um, and we we had training with you guys. I I I would do training with you guys. Towards the end, it slowed, but the training for me was a couple things to see how you guys operate, but also to continue to build that rapport and let you know, hey, I'm involved. Let's fucking go. And uh, we made a couple changes on some on some items that you guys agree with. And, you know, and there were other things where you guys would push back and I never, I don't know if I ever said it. I say it now as a leader, I tell people, Hey, you can push back. It's all right. I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to listen. Right. And you guys would push back. And it was, uh, I think there was a mutual respect both ways. And there were times where like, fuck yeah, Roger that you're right. Let's just, mm-hmm. let's do this instead. Like you said. And, uh, that was a good relationship. I couldn't, I mean, I'm still in touch with just about every one of you. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I I mean, I had a, oh, I was going to talk about the beard comb. So (laughs) the what? The, the, the beard comb. Okay. So, so we're, uh, you know, and that's why I'm always make references to, uh, 13, 13 hours, that movie, 13 hours that, uh, man, they did such a good job on the dialogue because that's how we talked. You know, that's how we, that's just how we were all the time. You know, the way that the, the, the interactions between guys, you know, it was dead on, you know, and I use this instance. So we're, we're, we're loaded up, geared up, kitted up, ready to go on the mission. Everybody's quiet. About to roll out the gate. Cuba's giving his, you know, spiel. And, you know, it's go time. We're switched on. 
I'm riding right rear. Dave's riding left. And uh, Cuba's up front. I forget who's driving. And I hear this, this scratching sound over in the, my left shoulder. And I'm like, what? What the fuck is that? And Cuba's talking, you know, serious, it's a serious moment, right? And I look over, I said, Dave, did you bring your beard comb? He's like, what? It gets tangled. I was like, seriously? <laughs> and the whole truck just dies laughing. <laughs> and he, he sticks it back down in his magazine pouch. <laughs> was that a common thing for him? Did he bring that every mission? Every mission, man. Oh, I didn't know that. Combing that beard. Yeah. What up? No, hey, no, man. No, no. So- he, he, he tried to keep it hidden. He didn't want to bring attention to it. And, because, you know, we're facing out all the time. So he yeah. he would break it out when we were facing out. <laughs> anyway. The small the small things matter, man. Yeah, they do. The jokes uh in that follow vehicle. They call that follow car talk. Yeah. Listeners. Dude, I wanna uh you know, I wrote about two six and uh you know, the book. And I think one thing listeners probably the people that read the book don't know is that I, I get most of the chapters that involve people, I sent the chapters out in advance for you guys to clear on. I did that with you guys. Yeah. Uh, I think you blessed off pretty good at, uh, uh, Dave added some stuff. Um, you know, Grant blessed off on it, but, uh, anyway, but I talked about the camaraderie and everything. And, um, and then of course the, the incident that we didn't get, we, we, you call it the Mexican standoff, right? Where we, we got stopped. And then later in the day, uh, yeah, you know, the army got yeah. attacked in the exact same spot, but what was, you were, so Cuba wasn't with us. No, Doc, I think, I think the Mexican standoff was a separate incident that, that just involved me. I can't, I don't think you were there. I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. We had, we had a, we had us a standoff as well when they still no, had a yeah, yeah, I was there for that one. So, yeah, so we roll up and these cats stop us, and 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 the, the we are surrounded. We are in a hole, <clears throat> and you know we're checking rooftops and whatnot. And and you were a TC for that one, right? Uh, were you driver no, or a TC? No, I was a. Uh, I was either lead or follow driver. I can't remember which one. But yeah, I know I that you were, you were lead because I was. Yeah. We were in advance. I was with K9. Yeah. K9 team. <laughs> and and uh yeah, when <laughs> so the interpreter comes up there, you guys, you and Cooper are standing there, and the interpreter says, nah, these guys ain't cops. I remember that. And Cooper jerks that <laughs> jerks that placard. Well, that we was Demonico. Cooper was okay. out. That's yeah. right. Demonico was there. That's right. Yeah. Check that placard and we were out. Yeah, well, it lasted a while. Oh, yeah. It, well, it, it felt longer than it was as people were talking in our ear and, you know, we yeah. were surrounded. And you, you talked a little bit earlier about when you were in Gaza and how when things shut down, that's, right. that's a clue for us, right? Right. In Gaza, if it's all shut down, that's what makes it so yep. eerie. When you see it shut down and you start seeing guys on rooftops talking on their phone, something's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty clear, uh, kind of what was going on. I got on the comms. We had you remember we had Hurt come by, 
buzz the checkpoint. Um, they end up giving a placard back right around then. And to Monaco, uh, I th- well, everyone handled it well, as well as we could. I remember getting back and getting the brief and the doc that was a, obviously a temp doc because Connell was out. I don't know if you remember the debrief, but he was uh, he was pissed. And he, he fucking like came at me and he said, I, I don't mean any disrespect, sir. And then he kind of went on, but he was leaving. That was his last mission. And uh, he kind of bitched. So I listened to him and he, but his, his main was complaint was why didn't you get out with your black passport? Cause you have a black passport. And I, I said, my passport makes no fucking difference at that point. You no. got Demonico has been here for 10 years. These other guys handling. I started to get out. I had the door open cause we, we didn't have packs and Demonico and I talked, he said, I got it. And so I'd got on the comms, which is very rare for an AIC. We'd never get on the comms except no. for we're up, you know, yeah, yeah. conditions. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, the guy bitched and complained and, um, you know, I thought everything could went as well as it could in that moment, you know, we but me getting out, it's, it's, first off, I didn't carry my fucking passport. Second is if I, if I went out and showed that, like, they would have said, who the fuck are you? Like, we don't yeah. read this shit. Yeah. Um, so they'd have, defi- they'd have definitely shot you. Yeah. Right. And to, the, I'd have been the first one they snatched up Yep. Uh, at that point. Um, but, uh, but anyway, we went back. You remember? I, I don't know if you remember. I had you guys went do what you do with the vehicles. I had to go debrief the talk and the head guy for protective ops. And then we met in the conference room, and we all talked about it. Kind of did another debrief, um, right? Yeah. And then we learned uh, several hours later that the army got hit in that same same spot. Well, see, the thing is, I, the way I remember it is that when we RTB'd. And we were at that first gate. I, I, I thought for sure that we we heard it popping off. Like when we were at that gate, we heard it. We heard it happening. <clears throat> because yeah, that's possible. I, I don't recall that, but no, I, I learned of it. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I recalled the seeing the army going the same direction we left, and then hearing you know the gunshots. And that's when I was, you know, we were all kind of like, well, you hear that? That's about the same spot we were just in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, and then we get back in, and then they tell us, hey, you know, armies, big armies, you know. Yeah. I, I, You know what? Someone else might have mentioned that because it, it, I don't recall it, but I feel like maybe Dave or someone said, kind of said what you said, that we heard it on the way coming back. And uh, I learned about it, that it was army in the exact same spot later, several hours later. Right. Um, I think yeah, that's, what I'm saying is, that's what I'm saying is we just, we just heard the gunshots we saw the army you know and then and then an hour later I'll say you know we heard the gunshots so we just kind of put two and two together and assumed that that's what happened Yeah, <clears throat> they went down the same route and, and got choked yeah and that was chaos too that was during the Arab Spring uh, around the Middle East and we had uh well, roads were shut down. There were attacks. There were bombings. I think all the missions but two were shut down that day. And I don't remember why ours stayed on. We were an advanced team, which is rare. That's right. Yeah, yeah. We were, an, we're normally a movement team, Yeah. Um, which would have been fun if it did go down because we don't have to worry about backs, um, you know. But, uh, yeah, that was uh, – you're, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. That they they canked a bunch of missions and 
So we were all like, oh, we're going to get to go lift. <laughs> yeah. They're like, no, not y'all. Y'all still going. <laughs> like, all right. Whatever. Yeah, Coop was pissed. He had me call, and I, I was too, yeah, whenever right. I, yeah. when I heard about all, you know, everything that was happening, we, Coop and I got together and I called the talk, and they said, no, you're still going. So I ended up calling uh, the deputy for protective ops and saying, this, everyone's getting canceled. Why the fuck are we still going? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it's, I don't even remember who it was that we that we were advancing for because right. apparently they were pretty important or it was an important meeting, um, you know. But uh, I, we tried to get it canceled. Yeah, that had to take place. <clears throat> Do you remember? I don't know if you were there for this one either. The <laughs> I don't know. Who, I don't know who she was. This little girl who left her purse. You remember that? Vaguely, do we have to yeah. go back and get it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, I remember. So, to the listeners, it is a pain in the ass to get back into to to the gate, back into the green green zone. So for us, so we get we get back in finally, end of day, right? And you come out and you go, "Hey, guys, stand by." All right, no problem. And, but I, I look out the window and I can see your eyes rolling. <laughs> and, uh, and Cuba makes the same gesture. And so we all get out and he goes, hey, we got to go back. Well, all right, you know, for what? This, this girl left her purse. And we just, you know, you, you do what operators do and you go, well, all right, it is what it is, you know. <clears throat> but Cuba and I said, because uh, I forget who was driving. I said, Cuba, I, I told Cuba, I said, hey, we need to drive. We need to drive like we used to drive. He goes, yeah, roger that. Let's drive. And, you know, for those guys that came up back in, you know, 05, 04, 06, we used to drive and, you know, we used to get after it. So that's how me and Cuba were used to driving. Anyway, he and I hopped in the, hopped in the driver's seat and, we made it there in like record time and back. Yeah, because we didn't take we didn't take them back out. No, you know, no, no. That would be stupid. Like, we we, I think I sent a couple. He got like a couple cars, and that was it. That that was it. It was me yeah. and Cuba. Went and got the purse. Came back. Little little girl was crying on the bench. I shit you not. She was there crying on the bench because somebody must have told her, "Hey, you just put those guys' lives, yeah. you know, in jeopardy sending them back out like that." And you know it wasn't no big deal to us, but it's, it's possible I lectured her. I've lectured many of passengers. <laughs> I have the, the luxury of a direct hire. You know, there's benefits on both sides, right? You guys get to do all the fun <laughs> shit, but right. the luxury of the direct hires they can't do shit to me. So I would fucking lecture that we had one lady I talked about it on a different podcast that always show up in high heels. I fucking yeah, tell yeah. her. I, me- I remember her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can't wear high heels. Yeah. Well, I have to because this that, and the other. I said, listen. We made a compromise. You, you wear your shoes while we're in the motorcade in case we got a hard point, get out and run. Uh, on venue, I'll let you wear your fucking high heels. But back in the motorcade, you kick them back on. And she ended up being pretty good. She was a pretty high-level person. Um, yeah. but I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Uh, you know, and remember there were some, uh, some Army dudes that wanted to bring their guns. And they were like either Army CID or some like, desk dude oh carry my gun yeah. so i don't know if you remember but the conversation it came down to it's like 
you can bring your gun. If you can either not bring your gun or you bring it and you leave a magazine out, literally you're going to be like fucking Barney Fife from Andy Griffith. You're not, you're not bringing it. And uh, Cuba had a laugh because Cuba, Cuba would sit in sometimes on my briefings, like right when they got there. Yeah. And uh, there were several times, like one guy wanted to bring his long guns and negative. That's not happening. You know, like, <laughs> Well, you know, I'm trained in this, that, yes, yeah, so are my fucking guys. What do you think? We're just off the street. Right. You know, they're all veterans. Most of them combat veterans. Yeah. They're good. And you'll be okay. Yeah. Um, and so one time I allowed the long gun because there's a guy uh, that ended up building a rapport with us. But also, even though I knew him, no mag, no mag inside, yeah. buddy. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. You know. I remember that guy too. Like, yeah, like. Look, I know you have, you think you've had some training, but you haven't had the training that we have. All right. You're not John Wick. Sit your ass in the car and wait. <laughs> yeah, it is different too. It's, you know, we're not offensive in nature like you nah. were in recon or like you are in the infantry unit. You're defensive. And if anything, you're fucking, you're running, you're leaving. Yeah. You're or you're not going. Time. If you're smart, you don't go in the first place based on intelligence. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just a different, kind of mindset and mentality yeah. you gotta have yeah you know if you're run, shooting run, run. You're, you're shooting you're shooting to get away or to cross yeah. load or to get out of there um and, and those guys i mean you know i don't know a lot of the direct tires would take out especially the dudes they uh i think they were envious of of us in general because they saw me as one of you guys and yeah. um well you were <laughs> well yeah well yeah, yeah. yeah but i mean i did a year there you did you know a bunch um but uh yeah there was some envy there and and you know there are times we took out people that are probably capable to a point but that's the last thing i needed is is uh you know a fucking my protectee i mean the person i'm protecting pull out a fucking gun and start, yeah. bl- start right, blasting right, away right. blasting know? away across us and yeah. you know we're, you know we're trying to move, shoot and move. Yeah. Well, I was telling too, I said, if I have to take out my gun, like if I have to take out my fucking pistol or my rifle or anything, the shit's hit the fucking fan. It's, it's a bad day. I'm, I'm grabbing you and we're getting the fuck out. And if I have to pull it, that means a lot of the guys are done, right? It's, it's too late. The only other reason <laughs> would be in a meeting. Right. And like somebody acts and acts up. Right. And that's what you tell them. Like, look, if I pull my gun, that means I, I do need you to pull your gun. Yeah, out. yeah. You you're now, clear. Now you're up. You're yeah. up. Yeah. Let show me what you got, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, you're up. Come on, get in the game now. Yeah. No, right. <laughs> Man, we yeah, went through so. were you there during the visa issue? When when people were we were having trouble getting back in country. So be, guys on the ground, their visas were expiring because Iraq wasn't allowing people with visas to come back in. No, I, I didn't. I never had that problem, and you know, um, that that's what I was going to talk about was the, the Mexican standoff. Was that that was kind of the 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 point, and I knew that it was time to come home because you know, guys. Have, there's a lot of guys out there with PTSD and anger issues, and in that place, anger and showing anger and being violent. You know, and showing violence is a common thread. It's a, that that's how you have to be. <clears throat> uh, now, granted, you know, 
for the most part, you have to remain professional, but there's, there's outbursts, you know, that happen, you know, you can walk down a row with those shoes and hear outbursts happen all day and all night with their wives and girlfriends, you know, uh, because you're in that environment all the time, you know, that, that strained environment where, you know, you've got to be switched on and, and ready to throw down for whatever reason. But the last time I was there, we, I was, uh, I was, uh, what was I doing? I was navigator. I always forget the name of this position. I was TC. in the front. Yeah. TC. Tactical commander. Yeah. God. Oh, I can't ever remember it. I've been doing it. What? Six years now, seven years. Can't remember. Anyway, so I was TC. So we're coming back in. Mission was over. And that day, they decide to fuck with Team 26. I mean, bad. Real bad. <clears throat> it had been a long day, too. So we're coming in and, and, and you know, coming to that front gate, they, they left our ass hanging out. I mean, we were out there for, I don't know, a good 30 minutes. And they were they were pressing to get in our vehicles and 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 that kind of shit like they never had before. Uh, it was it was a different today was a this day was a different day. They were trying to get in our vehicles and uh and just really testing us that day. I'm talking about the uh, Iraqi army. And uh, finally, you know, they cut that loose and, and let us in the gate after we've been hanging out there waiting for somebody to you know IED us or, or whatever the hell VBET us. They let us in. So we're coming in, you know, but by this time, Cuba is, is beyond irate. And they pull us in there to, to do the dogs and, uh, and sniff us. And well, no, no, no. The, the the Iraqi guy, he, he flags us around to, to, to not stop. So we go around, right? Like he asked us to. Well, another Iraqi guy stops us and says, no, you need to, you need to go back out back out the gate and go back into the, back into the pit. And Cuba's like, hell no, that is not fucking happening. And there were our dog handlers over there. So Cuba gets out. He goes, no, I'm going to bring one of those fucking dogs over here. <laughs> so he, you know, the dog handler that day, he's one of our boys. So he comes over there and Iraqi doesn't like that because that's not he, what he wants you to do. He wants, he wants your life to be miserable. He wants you to have to go back to the gauntlet again. So you know, we, we, the, the dog handler comes over, sniffs the, uh, walks around the trucks, and you know Cuba has some words with that guy. <clears throat> you know he's like, you know, basically, you know, fuck off. The 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 vehicles have been checked. We're we're going on about our way. So we get in, we go on about our way. Well, we get to that first, uh, what is it, gray? Well, I, anyway, we get to the first uh, roundabout, and. Uh, here comes uh, who was the uh, who is the, uh, 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 the the president at the time for Iraq, the, the prime minister. What Maliki was it? Yeah, Mal Maliki. Maliki. Yeah, <clears throat> he's rolling by with his detail, and we're we're trying to get home. We're we're going, we're we're on the other side. They're going the other way. They're inbound. We're outbound. Back to the to the uh, to the neck, and. They stop us. Uh, they stop my vehicle. I'm, I'm TC. So they stop us, and I'm I have lost it at this time because I've had enough. And I I jumped the fuck out, and I was like, "What the?" Because he's 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 trying to redirect us again to go back out the gate. 
redirect us again to go back out the gate. After all that we've been through, you know, like, why do you, why do you need us to go back out the gate? We could stop. That's fine. You know, and sit right there until he passes. And that's, that's what I got out about. And that's what I was, I was yelling about. I'd lost my shit so bad. Well, I didn't see that at the corner of my eye, but here comes like some of their guard running across the road with AKs, you know, draw, drawn down on me. And, you know, Cuba comes over with my, hey, sleepy. Hey, you got uh, two at your nine. So I, I see him and I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got him. I was like, fuck this motherfucker. And this guy's, oh, he, he knew just what to say. And I've got my hand on my pistol. Like, I'm, 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 I'm about to fucking plug this motherfucker. And he's talking to me in fucking Iraqi. And I was like, why the fuck do you need to stop us? Why do we need to go out of the fucking gate? And, and, you know, as I touch my pistol, he goes and wags his finger at me. And I said, oh. say when. So I said, say when, motherfucker. I said, say when. <laughs> Just like he got them tombstones. And, I, I, man, I'm telling you, it was at that moment. I said, because we had a disc at our back. I said, it's, it's about to get ugly. And, I, and, and so as I'm yelling, I'm looking back. <laughs> and everybody in the truck is pulling them long guns and smiling. I was like. Yeah, it's about to get heavy. Well, the interpreter comes out and he goes, Sleepy, you know, you know, just just back up. Let me let me handle this, you know. And I, so I'm, you know, I back up. I still got my hand on a pistol though. You know, I'm ready. And <laughs> it, he talks to him and 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 the guys, yeah, the, the Iraqis, you know, going, he's changed his whole tune. Whatever the fuck he said to him, he's changed his tune. And and he goes, you know, the interpreter's like Sleepy, come on, let's let's go. We can go. So we hop in the truck, and uh, I was like, "Motherfucker, man!" I said, "What'd you say to him?" He goes, "He goes, I tell him we in Maliki's office every day, and we will tell Maliki about him." Oh. <laughs> good trick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the dude was like begging, begging for his life, like, "Please don't tell him." I was like. Yeah, I don't know if people realize that's a dangerous situation because uh, those guys are, one, they're not paid shit. They're paid nothing. They're not very well trained. Uh, they're uh, young, and when you're young, you do stupid shit. Yeah. Um, and they're not very smart. No. And no. Uh, and then that's not knocking them as a culture. That's just the, the case, especially back then. Right. And uh, – and that that kind of makes a dangerous situation whenever you have someone who can be so volatile because they don't understand the consequences of, right. of their actions, yeah. you know. And I had I had similar things where I was with Lopro when the guy, uh, a couple of Iraqis, I guess they were ministers or something, but they said we flipped them off, and this little fucking Iraqi private gets in front of the vehicle with his gun drawn on us oh yeah it was ak i'm like oh what the fuck so you know yeah. we end up getting our way out of there but those are dangerous situations because you never know yeah. what's going to happen you know i mean you think about their weapons handling <clears throat> oh you yeah know, you know guys that are listening those they know how to most of the guys listen they don't, they don't know how to handle weapons they know about flagging these guys got no concept of, of, of flagging or keeping their finger or trigger discipline you know and it, it happened, you know, all the time. They, they popped off a few rounds in the ground all the time or in the air on accident. 
you know, just because they don't know how to handle the weapon. So them pointing one at you is, is a, you got a 50, 50, you know? And it's like you said, that they just don't understand the consequences of, of their actions and what they're doing at the time. They just think it's, you know, it's a tool. Well, no, it's a tool that can take some life if you know how to use it or don't or not use it, you know? Yeah. We face that a lot. And, uh, well, so there's two, two major components that make up Iraqi IDF or whatever. There's the, uh, Iraqi army and then the Iraqi police and whether it be local police or INPs, uh, they're all still not the best, not the most well-trained and, uh, yeah, kind of dangerous when you when you actually get into these situations. That checkpoint that we had stopped at that we talked about earlier, that's what was so unique about that one is you had like a traffic cop. If you remember this, the traffic cop yeah. was, the, was the big stick, allegedly was holding, you know, was had the power. Yeah. And the Iraqi, the IMPs were kind of like just standing around. And the Iraqi army were like in the back. And it made no sense because in general, right. the Iraqi army at these checkpoints holds, holds the the big stick, you know? Yeah. And, um, that's what kind of threw us off. But do you remember, uh, I know you remember, but I wrote a, a blog about this on my website. It's about, uh, the, uh, bomb detectors, the ones with the little wand that if you hold it to the left a little bit, it'll, <laughs> man, they messed with us so much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did remember that. I just remember just, just laughing all the time. No, it's just it's just something that we had to get put through every time. It was almost like, yeah. like uh, this this is what this is the this is what you pay to come through our checkpoints. And you mentioned a good point earlier about the canine dogs. Like we provide the U.S. government paid TC provided yeah. canine handlers to sit with the Iraqi army at these checkpoints in the green zone, not not out in town, yeah. and uh, and they still treat us like shit. Yeah, you know it's ridiculous. Um. But anyway, I wrote a I wrote a story about it and how that how they operate and and the the background of it. How this company that sold uh, sold these bomb detectors, quote unquote, to the Iraqi army, just yeah. got they got ripped off and they sold it to a bunch of other countries. They made millions. They went to jail. But these things were like they look like those old remote control cars where you kind of hold like this and yeah. to go left, you go backwards, and to go right. Yeah. That's what they reminded me of. It's just just shit, but. Um. Anyway, did you and I were you there the times I had the guys over for a beer and some gumbo? We did it a couple times. I don't feel like you were. No, no, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was there. <laughs> I was there for the Marine Corps ball, though. Oh, Lord. that's right. Lord, we had some I, good times there. We all did shots, and uh, okay, and it, it was well, that's how much I remember from that night. No, none of us remember a damn thing. It was a thing. We got a couple pictures though. Yeah, got a yeah, couple pictures do. with our ties loosened. Yeah. But we walked out. I don't know where we went. I just know we walked out. You and I together, uh, with uh, each a bottle of wine, literally directing, drinking straight from the bottle because yeah. we cared so little at that point. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I do remember that coming out with bottles of wine. Like, what are you gonna do? I'm not recommending this for any future DS agents. That was my choice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we made it. Well, so. you know, common sense is not a common virtue either. Getting drunk in the desert is, is not always the best. 
No. And well, you know, I did it pretty often because I was allowed to drink in public. Because yeah. I know there was stuff that went on behind the scenes. But I was allowed to drink in public. And I did. I went to Baghdadis and I went to barbecues and I drank and I had hungover missions with you guys, whether you knew it or not. I think sometimes you guys knew it. Oh, you know, Uh, we knew (laughs) we were probably hungover too. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah. It just never came up. And then I, Cuba and his mojitos, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had them all over. Cuba wasn't there either, but I had, uh, I think it was when Sully had taken over. I had them over for gumbo and um, like a couple times. One of my roommate was out and we'd have some drinks. And uh, yeah, it was they good. They don't know about that gumbo. What's that? <laughs> they don't know nothing about that gumbo. No, they don't know, man. I had yeah. to make that shit with whatever I could get sent. Like the sausage I got sent was just yeah. some random Bullshit. fucking sausage. But there wasn't no andouille. No, exactly. It came out pretty good for being in Iraq. Yeah. You know? Right on. Yeah. It was a good time, man. I I enjoyed it. I I'm, you know, bonded with you guys. Still in still in touch with everyone. You know. Um. Well, anyway, man. When did you leave? When did you leave Iraq for the last time? Uh, two thousand. Yeah. What? Two thousand twelve. Two thousand eleven. I think it was two thousand twelve. Oh, that last time I only did a year, <clears throat> and then you know went back to the oil field, working there. And uh, yeah, that was that was probably the last time there it was two thousand end of two thousand twelve. That's when I left too. I think the whole team disbanded after that. Kuba yeah. was gone. I met Kuba again back in uh, Erbil in two thousand fourteen. He was there. Oh no shit! He picked me up at the airport. He knew I was coming. Beltran told him I was coming. Yeah, and he he surprised me at the airport. I was good, but then he hurt his shoulder and had to. He was done. He had to leave uh, within a week of me being there. But it was good. It was good to see him. Yeah. So, what are you doing now, man? Tell us about. I know you got a few things going on. Tell us about the music, the alcohol. Yeah, the music. Uh, you know, I'm on Spotify. I'm on. I'm on every. Uh, I'm on every uh, music music platform that's out there right now. I got a couple songs on there. Uh, that's just how they do things nowadays. You know, one song at a time. It's it's more cost effective. Uh, I got another single coming out. Mm, probably by the end of this month or something. Uh, be on the lookout for that. It's called American Dream. Uh, it's it's alt blues. Um, I mean, it's 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 you know alt rock and and blues. You know, <clears throat> so it's that type of music. Um, and then I uh, I'm working for another recon marine, Derek Sisson. Before you get to that, how do people find you? on your music, just type in your name and do you have any yeah, social yeah. media? Yeah. Yeah. Just type, just type in my name, uh, as far as the music platforms go. And then on Facebook, you know, it's Matt Rawls, R A W L S. Uh, and then on Instagram it's at Matt Rawls music. So you can find me on, on, on either one of those. Uh, yeah. So that's about it for, for music. Um, you said Recon Marine now? You were working with a guy? Yeah, yeah. The, the owner of America Bourbon is Derek Sisson. He owns America Bourbon, uh, and he's in partners with Famous Brands. Famous Brands is, uh, they have a, a bourbon, a vodka, a rum, and a tequila. And it's, it's, uh, 
It's good stuff. Here's a here's an almost empty bottle right here. <laughs> How do we get our hands on that? Uh, you can buy it online. You can buy it at Specs. Uh, you can buy America Bourbon pretty much anywhere. Uh, we're trying to get into some other online platforms. Um, right now, we're we're kind of we're kind of rebranding. You know, since this COVID thing, it's it's really you know affected everybody. So we're we're rebranding and uh, re-ramping up and launching. You know, kind of launching it again. Um, it, it's it's been out there for a while for I think what two years now, um, and so. We're just trying to uh, respread the word about it again, and um, honestly, you know, I I like whiskey, um, and you're always skeptical of your peers, <laughs> you know, and and I I've tried it uh, for the first time, and and that that's all I drink now, honestly, not because I work for the company, but uh, it's really good stuff. Uh, it's America Bourbon. Uh, we also have a tequila that I am I am a partial owner in. Uh, that that is my baby. It's called Aguila Tequila. Uh, it, we also have some other veteran owners who are also Marines. Um, you know, Marines and tequila just makes sense. Marines and liquor, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, you know? uh, absolute fit. So uh, Aguila Tequila, it's it's 100% organic. Um, I put it up against uh, the best tequila out there, like your Patrons, anything. Uh, I, I put it up against that, honestly. Uh, I've actually, because I didn't know a lot about tequila, uh, and I never remember a lot about tequila, like most people. Uh, but I put it up against other tequilas and tried it and, and did a taste test, and I did it with other people, and over and over they picked tequila. Uh, not only is it uh, really good tasting, one of the best tasting, but it's, it's at a, a cheaper price. And, um, you know, it's a lot cheaper than your Patrons or, or, uh, uh, what's some other ones? There's so many out there, but you know, take a top notch tequila and then take ours and, and try them out. And, uh, I think you'll be, you know, I think you'll change brands. Honestly, we have, uh, we have a, um, we have a silver, we have a, which is, uh, age and then your rest. I'm sorry. That's right. Uh, Resposado uh, is a six-month age. Anejo is a is a year age tequila, uh, and we have those three tequilas. I usually drink the silver. Uh, it's really smooth. I mean, it's just uh, it just tastes the best to me. Um, so the tequila. We also have our own merchandise, which I am I'm heading up and and changing some things there, uh, putting a new face on it. We got some really 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 good merch. I mean, this is. Uh, go check it out. It's at America for you.com. And we have the, uh, the America shirts and hats for men and women. Um, really good looking stuff, really cool stuff. Um, and then we have the Aguila tequila merchandise that's on there as well. Um, right now I'm, I'm developing some, uh, I would say knuckle dragger friendly merchandise. Um, that, that's pretty cool. Um, and that we think is, is that you'll love. And it revolves around the, the America bourbon whiskey revolves around risky and, and kind of like a, a tattoo old school tattoo theme, but, uh, you, you'll see, I, I think most people will dig it. Um, but go check it out. America for you. 
America.com. America with an M, right? Not America. Yeah. America for you. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'll put all this up on uh well on the, on the social media platforms that I have. I don't I don't have a lot of followers, but maybe you get a few buys from it. So, you know. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, any, yeah, everything counts and we appreciate appreciate any support, you know. Uh, like I said, this is uh I don't but it's mostly uh, uh Derek is a, is a force recon marine and he is uh he heads up the America Bourbon. I think the rum that we're bringing on is is a is, is, he's partners with a seal on that. So it's all veteran owned, and uh, any any support that we get from the communities is great. You know, yeah, so, for sure. That's what I got going on. That keeps me pretty busy these days. So. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, my friend, been great talking to you. Absolutely, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah, I keep uh, I keep close tabs on you on on uh, social media, and I'll continue to do that. And I've been sharing uh, since you told me, since you scolded me about the tequila I was drinking. Uh, <laughs> That's right. I, Don't drink I, that garbage. <laughs> no, it's I mean, Casa Dolores is is it's not a bad tequila, but uh, I it's think all good. That, yeah, yeah, no worries. Uh, you know, I got a wife that I report to. She brought it home. That's her, that's her favorite. I'm gonna tell her you got a new favorite woman. Uh, well, you know, I know you hadn't been married long, but I, I Sleepy's been married a couple times. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> you can ask her. You can ask her. Hey, let's try this. Yeah, Roger's that. Good advice. Yeah, I appreciate that though. Really. Yeah, buddy. No worries. Well, hey man, I'm gonna stop recording, but don't go anywhere. All right. Good catching up, man. Yeah. You all right, all right. That is Sleepy, also known as Matt Rawls. Sleepy, thanks for coming on, man. I want to note a couple things on Sleepy's behalf. America for you.com. That's America, M E R I C A, the number for you, just the letter.com is where you can find all that swag that Sleepy was talking about. You can also find the tequila at aguila.tequila. And that is on Instagram. You can also find them at America Bourbon if you want to uh, check out their bourbon, America Bourbon. Finally, if you want to listen to Sleepy sing some songs, he's got a raspy, good voice. Check it out at Matt Rawls Music. Follow him on Instagram. Uh, you know, just give him a follow. Why not? Let's support each other in this community and law enforcement veteran community. I think we all try to support each other. So uh, I think it would be great if you all could look him up. Give them a shout-out and tell them how awesome you think the freaking drinks are because I'm sure they are. I'm going to buy some myself. So what else? Uh, happened to have written a book a while back. It's doing well on Instagram. It's called Agents Unknown, True Stories of Life as a Special Agent in the Diplomatic Security Service. You can find it through my website, CodyParon.com, but it's just going to take you to Amazon. On Amazon, what you're going to do is you can buy it on paperback. You can buy it on Kindle. You can buy it in Audible. And, uh, yeah, it's doing pretty well. 105 reviews, 90% or so or five-star, a couple four-stars. So really happy with uh, the book and where it's going. Also on my website, social media, I'm on Instagram, agents underscore book. I am on Facebook, agents unknown. Excuse me, agents unknown underscore book is the Instagram. And agents unknown on uh, Facebook as well. 
Where else? Uh, I'll do a little bit on Twitter, and then, of course, I got the podcast. Now, the podcast, I've been having some website troubles, and I'm waiting for my guy to get back to me. So the podcast is up on, well, wherever you listen to it now, but Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can go directly to Podbean. And I mentioned that because it was previously on my website. However, because I'm having website issues, um, you know, it's not there right now at the moment. So I'll end up getting it back up and you can find it there as well. But it seems you found me on some type of medium. So pass the word. Would love to expand this podcast. Uh, We have good guests coming on and each day we're getting more and more followers and downloads. And we want to get the word out about these individuals that uh, continue to serve after the military and or just serve as U.S. government officials and put their lives on the line to protect America, to secure diplomacy around the world. Thanks, y'all. Out.